And we're back. Welcome back to the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your boys, Monster D-Face here, your favorite Fortnite commentator in the building. And of course, I got the boys on deck today for episode number five. We're going to kick it off with John W. Key Rush. What's up, brother? Yo, what's up, y'all? It's not a strategy. It's a way of life, W. Key, all day, every day. Gang, gang. And then, of course, DJ, our love in the building. What's up, DJ? Bow, bow. What's good, y'all? How we feeling? You got DJ in the building. Feeling good. I'm out out on vacation with the family uh, at their crib. So, you know, we feeling a little bit, we feeling the vibes a little bit different this week, but we're bringing you the content for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we see that for those of you guys that are tuning in live with us, y'all see DJ's camera. He's got a whole new setup going on. Looking very extravagant right there, the views <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, a little jealous if I do say so myself. But glad, glad, you know, you're enjoying yourself, enjoying your family time and all that good stuff. For everyone inside the live stream right now and everyone listening to the download in the post, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And we want to encourage you guys, if you want to come on over and watch us live, you can definitely do that. We have some videos and content bits we play that are a little bit of a bonus for the people that get to watch this live. And that is at twitch.tv forward slash practice server. Just the way it sounds, clean English, all that good stuff. And as y'all know, practice makes perfect podcast we talk about all things esports and general content and of course a little bit of Fortnite on top so if you are listening for the first time for whatever reason we got a little bit of everything for you guys uh john take it from the top my brother let's get yo, it yo yo hey the first thing we love to do is we like to look at what's notable new in the news of uh, what's happening in gaming and esports and um i put this one at the top because i am very into fashion very into aesthetic and that is why 100 Thieves is one of my favorite brands in the space. And this, uh, this last weekend, uh, they did a collab, another merch drop, which, which they're known for. Um, but they did it with a, a prominent anime. This is the 100 Thieves X AOT, a.k.a. Attack on Titan merch. Now, Monster, you got to break down the anime angle, though, because I'm not about that life in depth yet. Maybe, maybe y'all need to put me on. Uh, hit me up on Twitter on, on some of the ones that I should watch or or, or hear in in chat. But uh, as chat. A, yeah, what did y'all what did y'all see about this? What is it? What do y'all feel about the the anime play? Listen, I, I first of all the cross pollination gaming anime. I think it's there, dudes. I think it's so there. There's a lot of people that it's almost like music, music and gaming. They just go hand in hand. Um, there's a huge, huge, huge population of people that. Uh, love watching anime but are also avid gamers it's almost like it falls into that niche of like most dudes are just introverts and you just kind of kick back like anime is just one of those things that um i think that a lot of people in this space gravitate towards because of the stories are very much um i say emotionally charged and driven man like there's some really 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 great animes out there so for attack on titan and 100 thieves getting this collab going this is huge man this is very very big um not only is it like this is like I would call like an S tier anime of the of the decade, like of the scene right now. Um, it's hot, it's love. They got dope, dope characters, but the storyline and all that kind of stuff, like it's up there. Um, it's a premium brand working with a premium brand. The first thing I thought of was like, dude, how do how do I get in touch? Who do I got to get in touch with to get? Bro, it's sold. It's sold TV? out, man. Dude, yes, it did. It sold out instantly. Um. Look at this. I actually man. saw I actually saw a really cool snippet of Nayshot talking about a little bit of the behind the scenes that went into the collaboration. And his biggest fear was when they were, you know, kind of getting the approval with the developers of, you know, the attack on Titan or the publishers, how, however the uh, the wording should be put. But 
Um, the long story short here is that he was afraid he wasn't going to be able to get the art that he was looking for or the, you know, access to the characters he was looking for, right? You got to think about it. These yeah. big um, IPs, right? This is like if you went to go work with Disney, they're not going to just let you print out any Mickey Mouse t-shirt. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. They're going to say, no, nah, dude, you have access to the genie and the bottle. And like, that's it. But it still happened to work out. The Attack on Titan, uh, Titan folks gave him access to everything he was looking for, man. He had a lot of the mainstream uh, you know, characters on there. It's really dope. Yeah, we're rolling up on uh uh we're rolling up on uh a recap of it, but looking at the line, man, like one just to see like that uh, esports Huge. org has like a compound is still so cool to me, man. Like I, again, like I'm I'm remembering being 16 and the space just developing and like this is just so freaking cool, man. Like DJ, I know you're into like live events and stuff like that and uh, what do you mm -hmm. what do you think about this? This guy? is it's just it's so it's so refreshing to see like all these people linking up and for for me one thing is to see one person's vision come 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 into real fruition. You know what I'm saying? Like like you said, you didn't know if he was gonna give him the key to the lockbox, but he got the key to the lockbox and he was able to you know take what he actually wanted to do and and bring it to light. And it's really cool. Shout out to Attack on the Titans for for actually stepping into the gaming realm. And, you know, connecting that and letting that, you know, people are going to remember that whether, you know, this is the first time you stepped out from being in COVID to go to a, you know, major pop up or if it's just, you know, something you you're passionate about, you know, merchandise wise, like you said, John, for fashion. So, you know, this stuff is is I would love to see more of it from, you know, my perspective, actually. I think it's amazing for the scene. My, my, my whole thing is like, dude, if Naruto, if Bleach, if Defno, if you know, my hero, like any of these really popular animes had like a social presence and they tweeted out, this is our merch. They would still sell out. Like this right. is one of those instances that I believe they're going to sell out no matter what. And you put that now with like these leading organizations who are going to sell out too, no matter what, like we're talking, you have like fire, fire on the, on the matchstick here. Like you're going to light it and it's going to go and that thing's going to burn out quick. Like, that that's how that's how quick the the merch is literally going it's it's like that you snap your yeah, fingers and now. it's gone people are snapping stuff up um everything was sold like the hats down to the the, the quirky jackets and like every t-shirt like whether you liked it or not people were just picking it up uh just to have it so and i feel um, like this is dude, key. It's like it, it's a win-win when there's cross-pollination in audiences like this because there is people who love hundred thieves but aren't familiar with attack on titans boom there's people that are familiar with attack on titans it might not be familiar with 100 Thieves. And it just, I, in my opinion, both organizations win. I also feel like organizations like 100 Thieves, um, normalizing or contextualizing, whatever word you would say, like gaming in just a general broader sense has helped athletes and musicians feel more comfortable talking about it and it being like a very normal thing. And now Post Malone is streaming Apex. And like, I just think that it's it, it's just been so cool to see people innovate in this space and now like, Gaming is so much closer to like mainstream. Like you wouldn't like it would almost yeah. be weird to be made fun of for like liking games now. Like it would almost be That's like uh, if a kid got made fun of for liking video games at high school. Like I can't even imagine that scenario anymore. Whereas for me, that was very common. Yeah, so that's that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's like you, you did the, the two worlds have been separate for so long. You know, like just like you said, when I was in high school, 
you were, you know, like a nerdy gamer or you were like an athletic, you know, sports player. Those two players didn't really kind of like coexist with each other in one one area. But now you see, just like you said, you have sports players who are joining organizations. You have musicians like Snoop Dogg, who's just jumped in on FaZe Clan. Oh, that's right. Like all this is just intermixing. And, it, and it, I think that's really how it should be, you know, because then you can pick and pull from each other and, you know, give each other the resources that, that others need while also, you know, providing high end quality products. That's a fact. That's a uh, 100% fact. Even if you saw if you saw Snoop Dogg's um, FaZe Clan announcement videos, like a bunch of his gaming clips, like all of those are compilations taken from what he put out like into the Twitch live stream world. So, you know, the man's a gamer. He's he's touching base with it. Um, you have people like even like Soldier Boy doing mm-hmm, like very mm-hmm, frequent mm-hmm. live streams. T-Pain and, as well. Dude, T-Pain, T-Grizzly with GTA RP and what he's managed to do there and, and expanding the uh the realm of possibilities in in GTRP and if if you remember Aiden Ross I mean Aiden Ross literally blew up and got famous because he so happened to chance basically via chance play with LeBron James' son Ronnie in NBA Ronnie. right yeah. they and that took his career to a whole new level when they started doing wagers together and stuff like that so um these 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 scenes very much live within one another nowadays um in in today's new age most I guess influential are literally the streamers and stuff. It used to be, you know, I'd say, you know, the Instagrams and the and the mainstream celebrities, but nah, man, celebrities and, on socials don't necessarily connect with communities, like, and build community the way people like YouTubers and live streamers are doing. So very different, I guess, levels of intimacy, yeah. right? Between like the regular influencers nowadays and celebrities. Yeah, uh, Nick Merckx put out a video, um, I mean, I guess now is probably almost a month ago, recapping his experience at the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. he's, he premised the video saying, he's like, chat, this whole video is about to sound like one big flex. But he's like, I'm just trying to tell y'all what happened to me. And he, <laughs> to me, he comes across like such a humble guy that to me, it really doesn't sound like, even when he's talking, it literally sounds like one of my homies describing a crazy moment. Like he just comes off that way. And I feel like probably because that's who he is, but he even described a moment where he was at some party and he gets hit in the chest really hard. And he's like, yo, what? And it's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, like, which is like, oh my God. And, 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 and yeah. like saying what's up to him. And I'm like, it's just crazy to think that like, like growing up again. And like, when you just think of like movie, traditional celebrity, that name is like A-list, A-list Leonardo DiCaprio. And here some, you know, he recognizes like a, a Twitch streamer. Like, it's just crazy, bro. I love it. Man. I love the world we live in. It, it's surreal. It's so surreal, man. Having these, these real yeah, real mainstream celebrities and, and you know, streamers and, and, you know, even people like myself being able to coexist and mingle in, in environments together. Uh, when I did the Pro-Am, dude, I was surrounded by all kinds of celebrities there, too. Um, I mean, you had you had the dude from, <clears throat> whatchamacallit, from uh, Panic at the Disco there, one of the lead singers, literally right there, just kind of hanging out in the, in the lounge. And I'm just like, bro, like, this guy's a mega, mega celebrity. Like, what the heck? Right? You know, like, all this crazy stuff. Um, also, just want to pause down and just give a shout out to Hux, man, coming in with the Twitch Prime stream. Thank you so very much, man, much for subbing up to the channel. Thank you didn't have to do that, you. man. Thank you, Broski. Um, but but yeah, back back to the point. Talking about that though, this is what I wanted to say. I wanted to give a shout out to people like Kurt Ben Kurt, people like Jordan Fisher. Um, there are very few celebrities that started getting into the cross pollination of like real, you know, the real influencer and gaming scene. And I found like big, big successes. Um, Jordan Fisher is probably like, uh, uh, I'd say a prime example 
of like the dude was let's just say successful and popular and very much famous in his own celebrity world right because yep. of the um his acting and whatnot yep. phenomenal guy to then go in like break wild levels of success like through streaming and stuff like that like look right. at his tiktok like it has taken him to such a different level like i feel like that's the difference in you just being like famous and then like you going like like drake level of like internationally known right like that's the kind of direction that jordan fisher is going down because yep. of the fact that he's not afraid to just like be himself and do the gaming and and kind of get into this other forms of new age media i guess really yeah i love it well another way that uh gaming is infiltrating culture and people are borrowing ideas and um and everything like that is getting to see the streamer awards take place this weekend and we wanted to talk to y'all about that um it was to me it was very cool um again uh, like dj pointed out for some of these these content creators some of them were very vocal about the fact that this is the first time that they're around people like that they're stepping out i even uh saw um oh my gosh why am i blanking on his name right now He's a uh, hungry box is like main nemesis in a uh, mango 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 was talking about um, mango was talking about how he's like, hey, real talk. y'all. I almost didn't go, he, you know, and he just did a vulnerable tweet. He's like, I don't really mess with people like that, but I went anyway. And I just I, I think it's just must have been such a unique uh, night. And I thought the production was really great, too. The production was awesome. They did an excellent job. I love that they played into the whole like these are streamers not professional hosts or commentators and they yep. left it very dude the floor is open you have these people that are hosting cursing and you know i mean everyone like yep. literally trying to be themselves and whatnot it was it was freaking hilarious uh the interviews and they were so awkward you had that kid from jhb jhb from 100 thieves yeah the dude's like whole entire brand is built on being like mega socially awkward and that's just legit who he is and people <laughs> love him for it so like you know, you got all these people putting him in uncomfortable kind of situations. It was it was awesome, man. Yeah, a couple of uh, couple of things. Love to get y'all's take on it. Uh, just some of the awards. We can scroll down really quick and just just read off. Um, we've got uh, we got uh, Ludwig uh, himself got the ultimate uh, award uh, as streamer of the year. Um, a lot of that was um, just a wide array of things that he's done. Um, we got Shroud, uh, who won Gamer of the Year, which I feel like is, you know, it's funny with award shows, like how like specific they get. I'm like, wait, what's the difference between Gamer of the Year, Streamer of the Year? But it's like, you know, you want to point out like some of the greatness in people. Uh, Pokey got uh, the Legacy Award. Um, let's see. Um, I saw Asmin Gold got MMO Streamer of the Year. And he, his, his tweet response was just like, great. Now it's time to start playing Fortnite. It's just so... <laughs> so uh, uh, Tyler got um, League Streamer of the Year. Yeah, I mean, what what has stood out to you or a, any impressions, guys, on on, on what, these that won the awards? Yeah, what I loved about it, 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 it really felt like, you know how they say, like, especially, like, in the rap community, when you have, like, an OG or a legend on the mic, um, the podcast hosts are, they're, like, usually, like, dude, I want to give you your flowers, right, while right. I can, right? Like, yep. this felt like the, the gaming scene and community just giving the flowers, giving yeah, the, yeah. you know... The, the 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 respect to one another right that that level of camaraderie between one another it was really really awesome it was super wholesome um and it wasn't necessarily influenced by some like big corporate agenda right like remember was it who was it was it yeah ea like ea basically um banning train wrecks from participating in their tournament 
because he does like gambling streams, right? And that's something we're gonna talk about a little bit later. But like EA banned him from competing in their title. Uh, but like that's like what I look at as like mainstream big influence putting their say on the narrative, right? So like hypothetically, if there was an award going on, it doesn't matter like who you are or how big you are. I mean, at the end of the day, it's politics, right? They're gonna pick and choose who they think their poster boy is gonna be. Um, but the streamer awards was none of that. Like if you genuinely work really hard and you deserved it, um, you got your flowers that day, right? Yeah, which was yesterday. It was really awesome. I think That's the best awesome. one of the, one of the cooler ones that I did see before I hand it over to you, DJ, real quick. Um, Buddha winning the GTRP um, basically character of the year, which was another really awesome one because that's someone who was like a part of the Grand Theft Auto community and he's been crushing and stuff like that. But go ahead, DJ. No, I just think just like what hashing on what you were saying is just the uniqueness of it and the you know just the organic feel of it. No politics, no out external you know forces kind of driving winners every you know you got your flowers you got your flowers i think that we need a little bit more of that and you know for streamers you know this is still something that's kind of very, relatively new and uh i think it, it's good to see you know people streamers who usually don't go out of their comfort zone step out of their comfort zone and you know you know make themselves you know faces in the public eye a little bit you know yeah. let people know who aren't, you know, used to being able to, you know, step outside or they're, you know, whatever it may be, facing their fear, you know, go out and go get it, you know, you know, because if you're not going to go get it, somebody will. And that's for sure. Yeah. And I I saw both. Um, I saw people commenting. Ludwig was talking about um, how this stream, while it wasn't like on their channel, but it's the biggest live stream they had been a part of. You know, and so it's like even for someone as successful as Ludwig and XQC, you see the power of collaboration and people coming together, cross pollinating. Like, I just think I think it's the move. Um, another a unique thing that I a couple unique things that I noticed. Uh, Mitch Jones. Uh, some people are very familiar with him. Some not. He's a World of Warcraft and like MMO uh, streamer. You know, he did a couple different things, but that was like where he got to start. And wow, and like about a year and a half ago now, he quit streaming to pursue music. And got a lot mm -hmm. of like, got a lot of shade, but like he performed there as well as uh, uh, with uh, I think is you pronounce it Kala, who is like one of the team managers for Cloud Nine, and so now you've got people performing music, uh, just so so cool to see like just the wide range of everything. Yeah, I was super surprised, and they were like, "Oh, we have a performance from Mitch Jones." I was like, "Wait, the streamer? This guy's like, you know what I mean? He was legit. He comes out, they had their music going, and like it was it was a real." The real deal, like this guy's really doing it. Um, and yes, to your point about about the amount of people, like this being the biggest stream that some of these major streamers have been a part of, like of their careers to date. Um, I I saw a number, and I don't even know how real this was, but was it like hundreds of thousands of people were watching, right? Like, yeah, it was one, like two forty. Like, it was two forty yeah, or something like that. And I believe they peaked around like three hundred and seventy thousand or something like that. At least yeah. that was one of the random numbers I saw um on Twitter, and I was just thinking to myself like dang dude like that's a lot of people like and mind you for something that this is the first of right something that came from just i'm assuming qt cinderella the the woman who um kind of was this this was hosted on her channel and she kind of conceptualized this whole idea and worked to reach out to all the influencers and stuff like this is a huge task and burden for any one streamer to try to take on um and you saw the credits at the end they had a full row of production and you know project managers and just all kinds of stuff guys as someone who does shows and, and creates events trust me i know how difficult it is i can't imagine trying to coordinate and get all these people in person 
to do it out of basically the kindness of the experience, right? right. So this is this is a huge, huge deal. Um, no amount of sponsored money in the world, I think, can pay for uh, to get these people to get out of bed and show up. You know what I mean? Like straight up, just like that. Yeah. Um, and um, it it was really cool. It was really really cool. Um, to see um, like yeah, like QT put this together, and and I don't know when you watch somebody like put something together that could have failed. You know, we never think about the risk behind things. Like could have failed, could have lost money, could have embarrassed people, but um, we don't often think about the risks that some of these successful people take to to do these things. Um, and that, that is something that I feel like as I've gotten to know you and work with you monsters, like I, I more appreciate some of the risks associated with some of the things that we do and that you do. And it's like there from reputation to finance to things like that. You really got to risk it for the biscuit. Like that, that's on God. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, yeah. John gets to see more of the back end than I think anyone else. And you know, a, a lot of the times it is just gut intuition in, in trying to figure out, dude, what is it that. We want to go out there and accomplish what kind of legacy we're trying to, you know, leave behind in this space. And that's that's one thing that I can appreciate about this whole streamer awards is that this is a huge, huge risk. It was a huge investment, um, more so from time than anything else. Because you know, honestly, sponsors are going to pay right for for a lot of the production and stuff like that. So it's not a loss by any means. It's probably a net positive for sure. But we're talking time here and the headache and the stress of putting something big together. Trust me, I've been on that side. It's a lot of work. So for what they did and getting them all in person, huge, huge hats off, guys. If you guys haven't already, once again, it's QT Cinderella. She is the the, the platform and channel that this was hosted on. A very well-connected and established streamer. And you'll see what was put together was phenomenal. And it also, like I said, wasn't tainted by any outside uh, you know, narrative or anything like that. It was very much community driven and community voted and things like that. So they made it made for a very awesome show and, and they they pulled it all together. And it was actually funny too. And a lot of jokes in there. Uh they took shots at Artesian Build who Dang. we talked about yep. we talked about in the last episode. Um which is crazy. Is yeah, we like can that, we so. can give a quick update on Artesian Builds too if if you Oh if you there know, is an update. Yeah. Yeah. Drop DJ. it DJ. I'm, I'm pretty I don't know the whole specifics behind it but I'm pretty sure it's just no longer in existence right wow. or that, yeah, I, I the, believe the official know, word is they is la laid off dissolved. yeah and they laid I think earlier since the last recording of this podcast they there was a couple phases I, I know that they laid off all their employees in one part and I think that like I don't know how legally like I don't know if you hit delete button legally on an LLC but yeah it's 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 stopped normal function which is wild he said, I don't know if you could just press a delete button on an L. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't you can't just do that. It's still, I'm pretty sure it still exists somewhere. But yeah, they they uh they definitely crashed and burned, man. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. It reminds me of that that Team Extra. There was a there was an organization called Team Extra and they also just like dissolved overnight. Their issue was a little bit was a lot more let me rephrase this a lot more serious um i'll go through the details really quickly if you guys don't remember uh the tldr one of their professional players went out for a night of fun in la ended up in a situation where he felt his personal space and manlyhood was violated we'll put it like that he goes to then his organization for comfort advice and some you know direction right sense of support and they tell him basically, 
you can't talk about this publicly. It'll hurt our brand. Like, keep it on the low, handle your business, just don't bring it up. And that's a crazy take to take because um, you're talking about someone's life here, of course. So with that being said, org dies overnight, literally off, the, off of that being leaked and aired uh, because, you know, eventually your dirty laundry comes out. Now, I think, you know, most operations and organizations, you could get through these, these situations, you know what I mean? You got to weather the storm, take your L on the chin. That's a major L, don't get me wrong. And Artesian too, right? Super major L. Should a company just be destroyed and break up and you should give up? Absolutely not. Like if I did something stupid, dude, I'm going to try to still bring Prague back. Like look at, I just look at Jake Paul or Logan Paul as a great example. This guy filmed, you know, bodies in Japan. He's been canceled, quote unquote, millions of times, but he does not stop. He just continues to work through it, improve and try to become better, yada, yada, right? And he, he reaches new, new milestones all the time. Same, same with like people like Keemstar. And again, these are people that are very much drama focused and centric, right? Not the same for like someone like myself or other people. But to, to the point is, dude, just because you get in one bad situation, like I feel like it's more character speaking about someone who's willing to quit in that, you know, when you're faced yeah. with adversary. Like yep. to me, yep. that's the biggest L. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody definitely needs to step up in terms of whoever's going to, you know, run it moving forward, you know, and say, mm -hmm. listen, we, we know, you know, they need to take fault. We know we, you know, messed up on this and, you know, they need to start reaching out to those lower streamers who, who they, you know, were, you know, degrading in most parts and not giving what they thought were, they were told they were getting and And that's where they need to start. They don't need to start where they already were at the top with big names. They need to go and start at the bottom and find a way to get resources and get little streamers, small streamers, you know, the things that they need and, and help out and start there, I think is what, what needs to happen. And, and, and be transparent my, about it. And I was going to say, that's my point, right? You mess up. You like, so you mess up, especially someone like an artesian builds situation, right? You kind of show that, you know, you're being mega insensitive and honestly just stupid and not, not really supporting the small creators like you were saying that you would and, and champion for them all this time. Dude, this is where you step up. You do 10 times more. You make it up, right? You go out of your way. You you build computers. You do charitable work. You literally give back, right? You make up for it. Instead, you just quit. Like to me, that's just like, dude, yeah, I'm just going to take my earnings. I'm all right. I'm, you know what I mean? Because they had a successful business and they're just like, that's still like getting away with murder to me because all they have to do, they could just dress up some new company or join somewhere else. And, you know, it's like it never happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not okay with people just up in and outing and, and dropping a project, like, period. I don't know. That's yeah. Just me, I mean, there's so many, like, I feel like we could, you could, I mean, and people do whole episodes on like, quote, cancel culture and what is the blend between accountability and cancel culture. And I think sometimes, like labels and cultural terminology can be so um, ineffective because then you lump very complex situations all under the category of, oh, cancel culture or justice. And it's like, I, I really think we have to take each of these situations like case by case and, and listen, listen to sides of the party and make sure the right thing gets done. But I think you bring up a great point is like right or wrong at the end of the day, if nothing else, this proved that maybe this individual leading the company just didn't have what it takes to lead through adversity and stuff like that like yeah. that that might be the bigger headline like than anything and um and i and i do think that like i do think our culture can sometimes make it hard for people to make comebacks 
but I do think it's possible. And but I it think, should be. Yeah. You, you kind of deserve it, right? Like, you, you asked for it, you messed up, but, and that's yeah. what I mean. Like, you got you to just take your L, man, and, and fight your way back out of it. But that, that's my take. Again, I don't, I don't really know if other people ever feel like this. I, I've, I don't think I've ever tweeted about my, that actual perspective. So that's kind of a first, just bringing it up in, in a public conversation, I guess. But that's really how I feel about, okay, you messed up. Like, now what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? That's like if every time FaZe Clan was in some kind of scandal, they just up and quit and or drop. Like, what? They wouldn't be the clan that they are. You got to literally fight through those moments and continue to come out better and, and better on the other side, right? You just got to one-up the situation like all day. 100%. 100%. Well, la last thing that we'll, we'll touch on in the notable news, uh, another little controversial little situation here, but um, it's uh, not a mystery to many that uh, train wrecks uh, has made quite a um, an impact, as, uh, you know, an impression, so to speak, um, through his gambling streams. And we just saw this last week that in one, and I'm not even sure, like, honestly, like, I don't even, I'm not lucky enough to gamble. So it's like, I've, I've not really messed around with it too much. So I'm not even sure the logistics behind it all. But anytime you click a button and you win $14 million like Trainwrecks did, that is that is wild. And that happened yes. before our very eyes on a live stream. This week. <clears throat> yeah, and then shortly after that, he won another $1.3 Right now, we're going to roll the uh, the clip for the stream. Basically, what happens is this guy's doing like maximum $1,500 spin bets. And like that is just flushing $1,500 away quick, dude. Like so he he runs through millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars per sitting. Um, and he was down bad and he's been down bad. Like we're talking like 20 million in the hole, like stressful. If you just look at his face, he looks like he has aged so much since he started doing this like two months ago or three months, however long it's been. Like it it really doesn't look healthy. And I don't know what he means when he stands up and is like, I'm gonna go juice and I'll be back. But it only sounds bad to me. Like, you know, I'll just leave it <laughs> if you're if you're saying you're gonna do that and you can't do it on camera, I don't know if it's a meme. Like, like I said, I'm not gonna feed too much into that. But the TLDR, this man is down bad, dude, bad money, and this is what he's been doing like 40, 24 to like 40 hour stints of gambling, like round the clock. It's it's not healthy, and I love that nowadays he plays at least a disclaimer, like don't do this right like literally right. this will ruin your life um and he lets people know that it's an addiction and stuff because it very much is but he's been chasing his high dude of trying to get the perfect absolute maximum win back off of his 1500 $1, bets and he hit it he hit it and that's like the once in a million right kind of chance that you're chasing for if you're in this kind of position and you're addicted um and he's, I guess, lucky enough to have just enough money to get there to kind of win back what he's lost. But it definitely doesn't even break him even if you want to put that into perspective. Yeah, I don't know, bro. I, I can't even imagine money like that. You know, I'm not at a place in my life where doing anything with $1,500 is like <laughs> casual. It's just That's just me. Yeah, I'm just sitting here shaking my head. Like 1500 bucks on one spin, like... There's just there's just other things I would much rather love to do with that money uh, than spend it on gambling. But here's the thing though, man. Shout out! I want to give a, a huge, huge shout out to Trainwrecks though. His 
perspective on philanthropy and giving back via like charitable contributions to other streamers and people in the space like is he is probably the most generous um influencer that we've seen in today's day and age at like his size like he goes and he gives back tens of thousands of dollars to other streamers and stuff so it's it's not all bad um granted i believe he made his money like in a really weird way um the like i don't want to talk out of without having all the context but it sounded like from what i remember something along the lines of what he was doing was illegal in his state so he relocated <laughs> to like canada and and like if you have to relocate because like things got a little sketchy with the way you made all this money and he got like basically tons of bitcoin and stuff so i yeah like i said i don't know the, the intricacy behind it but it has to do with like cryptocurrency and stuff like that or whatever business he was running. Or maybe he had his own gambling site and he just balled out, but it was like illegal in his state. Um, you know, he had to relocate. Something like that. At least that's what I heard. Yo, so who, what do I know? Right. One of the coolest things I've seen on this topic, and honestly, I think it was one of the coolest things I've seen on the internet in terms of people who see differently was uh, the HG podcast had Aiden Ross on. It was about seven months ago. And they discussed this. And... The fact that Aiden was going into a situation where he knew that the person disagreed with him, I give him so much credit for that. And then to see them like, I mean, it got heated at times, but to see that a healthy discussion around this topic and um, and then also for like someone like the H3 podcast, like I don't listen to it all the time. Honestly, it's one of the, one of the only episodes I've listened to in the last year, but to see them like make sure people knew like, hey, young kids are watching this. Be careful. What's the average age of your viewer? Really healthy conversations like this, even you pointing out like train wrecks, like letting people know it's an addiction. I just love, I love like self-awareness. Not like people have to be perfect. There, there are so many situations in life that are not black and white, right? But, right. but, but if we can be having conversations about these with people who disagree with, man, that's, that's the goal. And like so often in our world, people who see differently, just, they just fight and they just are angry. And I don't think that helps anyone, to be honest. One thing, one thing we did see, like shortly after he won his 14 million, he actually withdrew 350 bitcoin off the platform so he took the basically took the 40 mil did take it out and put it back into his savings account essentially right or his personal account so i was happy to see that maybe this is his time where he's thinking to himself like yeah how do i clock out of this like i took huge l's this kind of you know fixes the dent a little bit maybe you could justify the the five or six million you're down was, you know, all right, you had a fun time, right? It pays for itself. Yeah. But, you know, like at, at what point uh, is your exit? Where is your exit? He's probably not going to get another opportunity like this, right? To exit for a long time, if not ever. Because I can, I can say for a fact that if you're down 20 million, you're someone like Trainwreck, it had to be almost all his money. Like, yep. he, he has to have been running a little low. Because yep. when, yep. if you watch the stream and you listen to what he was saying, He's been talking about like, dude, it, it was almost not looking good there for a second. You know what I mean? Saying like weird things like that. So I'm thinking like, dude, what do you got? Like maybe 10 mil left, right? Like right, five right, right. mil. Like you got to have only just a couple mil left, um, which in the grand scheme of things is not a lot. If you're living like that, you know, that's that's you're living with fast money, man. Yep. Um, well, it's a fascinating so, thing to research crazy. is I, th I believe they call it lifestyle creep where um, essentially like many people who live affluent lives unfortunately they spend beyond their means so while they have like money and assets they're not essentially any more financially free than when they were making 50k uh at their salary job 
And lifestyle creep is this, this idea that like hey, you basically just start spending right up to the line of what you have. But to me, that's like stressful. And like, I can relate with that because I feel like, especially when I was getting my first paychecks at a job, man, I, first paycheck, I, I bought it. I bought an Xbox one. You know, it's like, you just, it's, it's in us to want to spend it. But as I get yeah. older, I'm going, Hey, freedom isn't just me having more money. It's having less stress and less debt and less and, and more margin in my finance. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm personally working towards. Yeah, I think I think about that all the time, especially as someone who runs business and it comes with like operational costs to grow. There is so much risk where I'm like, dude, if I just don't do this, yes, I can save more money and make more money. But like, then where does the business go? Like, where does this get like, right. where am I going to be in five years? Right. Like, these are like big risks I have to take. I mean, you guys know, right? Like both of y'all are contracted to do different various numbers of work to the business. That's just a very small percentage of all the other expenses that have to like go into running a business. Um, so to talk to that, like on my personal life, even like when it came down to us picking a house, like, yeah, I could have gotten a bigger house, but I'm like, dude, I know, like I've got to live humbly. I need to get what I just need. Like whatever is just enough because once you start going beyond that, I'm afraid to go down that route. Like, right. you know, cause it is so easy to just burn cash, dude. It's even harder to make good cash back as everyone listening probably knows at times. So, you know, it, it's, dude, it's it's a real thing. Um, and that's a scary thing to think about because some people get way, way comfortable. Way comfortable. I mean, I, I mean, we could do it. I mean, th I like this topic and we were going to get into Fortnite, but we just want our listeners to know and everyone here in chat, these are the types of conversation when we were originally talking about this podcast that we really wanted to get into. It's like, like Monster being somebody who is in the space, not just who can speak on gaming, but... Also helping y'all make some wise financial decisions. Like not that we're experts, but just like trying to add this conversation into the mix of just like, how do we live sustainable lives as people? And like, um, I think that's just whether you're somebody who is streaming and or, or competing full time or you're, you're like me where it's like, it's a part of your life, but not your main life. It's important to have these like, like conversations about finances and why spending and like all that. Like I just invested uh, into crypto for the first time, you know, and um, for me, it was a big investment for train wrecks. It was a, it was a Sunday afternoon, you know, <laughs> like, but, 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 but it's just seeing, yeah, the ups and downs of, of the market and like everything like that. But yeah, I've got to play the long game cause I've got kids. Um, um, but at the same time, um, I've got a, got expenses right now, but yeah, it's good to educate your about yourself about these things and make wise moves is what I'm trying to say. I agree. I agree. And and I feel like not often enough we hear from entrepreneurs and people in our position in this space, right? Like how yeah. often can you look to any of the peers and just have them talk about any of their financial burdens or, you know, problems or maybe hurdles that they have in trying to reach levels of expansion and stuff. You can look at, there's very few streamers that actually put a lot back into the stream to try to grow it. Right. Nick Merckx is one of them. One of the few that like, think about it, he hosts his own big get together like that barbecue you know those meetups like yep. i'm sure the first one cost him several hundred k maybe right and the second one came with g fuel as a sponsor or like this now right so it starts right. to make up for itself but those are risk like those are big risks people are taking with their finances and their money um and yeah you gotta you gotta know what you're doing yeah I, I, one, one fun thing that i did notice the other day is i've been doing more live streams on my personal channel um you know, we we just kind of got into that topic and that conversation of like entrepreneurship and and like you know people just owning businesses. And it surprised me to see how many people had that perspective and how many people actually ran businesses that were just kicking it in the stream. 
like different odd random businesses that are nothing with what I'm doing. But it was still really cool to see that people are just thinking like thinking differently in the sense like, oh, why do 40 hours here and be capped when I could like freelance and maybe make that mm -hmm, off of one mm -hmm. project? Right. You know what I mean? 100%. And there, there are people willing to take that risk as opposed to the safe route. Um, yeah. But it's those risk takers that, you know, can come out big on the other side. A great person, like if you are just entering this journey, I mean, or if you're in it, but it's Gary V, man. I remember early on, like oh, his yeah. content. No doubt. And I think that like he is one of the best things he talks about is just like perspective things. And so some of the things like as a 29 year old, like I'll be 30 this August. And like, I'm in that weird spot where I'm like, on one hand, I'm, I'm young, man. I got my whole life in front of me. But on the other hand, I'm like, dang, bro, am I a boomer? Like, am I like old now? Like, yeah. am I like, have I yeah. missed it? But Gary V is so like, he brings that perspective of just saying like, play the long game. And he's, he has this line all the time where he says, hey, if you had failed and messed up your entire life up until the age you're 30, you have all the time in the world to build it back. Yeah. And even things he says of where he encourages people like, don't worry about buying the fancy shoes and like the, the, the Louis belts and everything now. He's like, just to put off an appearance of success. He's like, because that's not going to matter. And, he's, and you can build success where you can get that stuff and it won't cost you. Love that guy. Listen, uh, there, there was a really, really, really fun article that I came across about what age the CEOs were when they launched these massive businesses. Like the CEO of LinkedIn was maybe like 40, dude, when he launched LinkedIn. Uh, Gary V, I know for a fact, was in his 30s when he found his first you know, lick of big success between the, you know, with the wine industry and then getting yep. into socials. Um, I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos is maybe like 32 when he launched Amazon. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we are young. The fact I, like, honestly, we're very lucky. I got almost 10 years in the game and I'm 29. You know what I mean? Let's go. Like give me another 10, baby. I'm going to be, you know what I'm saying? Up there continuing to just kill it. Um, and just the other day I was talking about practice server and the life of practice server. Like, too often people want to move very, very fast to keep up with the Joneses, right? Keep up with all the competition. But at the end of the day, I was just like sitting back and really telling myself, bro, like I'm only just getting started. We've only been doing this for two years. Like this is our third year right now. Like give me till a decade. And then like at a decade, I should maybe be in those conversations with big, big publishers demanding that level of respect because I've put in that work. Like I, I really don't feel like I could do that right now. Do I feel like we deserve it? Can we crush activation? Absolutely. But let's be real. If you want to be up there with the dream hacks and the blast and the ESLs and, you know, all these major, major tier one production companies and organizations and co the competition, essentially, they have 20 years in the game. They've worked for that opportunity, you know, and, and I look at that all the time. Because you know, you see people like on our team all the time. I mean, John Rush is in the the private chat. They're like, "Dude, we like why why didn't they call us?" I'm like, "Bro, you gotta we gotta keep working, man. You gotta put mm -hmm. in the put in the time, dude. A lot of these guys put in a lot of time, but yeah, we're we're young, we're young. Love it. Sure. Well, DJ, bring us into some Fortnite news, my guy. We we love uh, that this podcast. Oh we can, boy, oh boy, we can talk about man. lots of things. But Fortnite's been popping, baby. Bring us in. Fortnite's been popping, y'all. We got our winners through FNCS. Like Monster said, we're about seven days away from a new season. Um, and we're going to go ahead and start with something that Fortnite Competitive has uh, recently uh, announced. Um, they've added two new Lightning Cups on March 15th and March 17th um, with new tournament formats. So two new tournament formats you're going to go ahead and see out of these Lightning Cup formats is one of them is going to be the best of format where... 
your best five matches out of seven will be the only matches that count towards the leaderboard. Mm. Um, that That's pretty interesting. We can go ahead and talk about that in a second. I'm going to go ahead and say the other uh, format right here is going to be called high score. So this one is super, super interesting, I think. Um, and I'll tell you why in a second. That one is your best match in two hours will only be your only match that counts towards the leaderboard. So I'm going to say that one more time. Your best match in two hours will be the only match that counts towards the leaderboard. What and do you guys think? I was going to say, this is honestly, I feel like the perfect place for people to have entry-level competition and feel competitive, mm. right? Because the way this structure works out i think it's very much forgiving to um the newer folk i think it just opens up this very wide variety of like anyone can win you know perspective mentality uh, which epic always does a really good job on but somehow some way there's someone back there who's creative enough that's coming up with these wild formats because i wouldn't have thought to do something like this in an esports you know competition uh let alone like a fortnite game but like if there's a game that this is going to work in, it's going to be like a game like this, like Fortnite. I actually really like the first version of it, though. I like that they're trying to condense and like move away from the 10 games over three hours and instead try something a little bit smaller. I genuinely feel like six games in a day is very stressful for professional players. And That's I a think lot. we need to find, yeah, I think we need to find a place where the games are shorter or the uh, the overarching tournament is just shorter, like condense it a little bit more, especially for like cash cups and stuff like that. Um, not to take away from people that deserve the rewards, but more so to really just cut down the time that it kind of takes to get to that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. A, a, a part of me intuitively really does feel like there is just too much stress involved in like three hours of sitting down and having to play high-level competition for three hours. Here's what this excites me about, and this, this ties into like one of the other points we wanted to bring up, um, is I think Fortnite's ability to innovate and creating competitive atmosphere for as many types of people as possible different walks yeah. of life different schedules and obviously like you just mentioned this opens some stuff up but it still is you know it's pretty hardcore pretty competitive but there's even been something that i saw in the space they were calling it um i don't know how big i don't even know how big it was i do know that bonsai bros tried to compete in it but they were they were they did some kind of like uh uh skill cap where bonsai got, uh, bros were too um were too good, you know, to plan it. But they did a boomer series. Um, so, so a guy named Swearing in the community, basically, he was, um, um, they had a combined age of 55. This is interesting. I'm going to pull it up uh, for our live viewers. Uh, um, 21 minimum age of all participants. Um, there's a solos trios, etc. Anyway, what I'm trying to say between this and Lightning is I think it's cool and Fortnite will continue to be successful if they make it possible for as, as high tier players to win in this space, but your average Joes. Like y'all, I know actually more older dudes than people I think would think that play Fortnite for fun, but would never consider stepping in anything competitive because they assume they would get smacked. And in a lot of yep. cases they would, but the more that Fortnite can create that, like imagine how addicting it would be for like some 37 year old banker dad who can play Fortnite twice a week, but he gets on the <laughs> game with his duo and can win a hundred bucks in his yeah. skill tier. Bro, that's the future, bro. That is that is a wave, man. Yeah, yeah. And and to just chat about this, um, you know, Swearing and I had a long conversation before this all went live, and I was like, you know, just giving him guidance, support, um, and and advice on like, you know, how to navigate the tournament space because a lot of people just don't know how. Um, 
he's I told him, I said, dude, you're on to something that is very special. We've had this in the scene before. Like, this is not the first time anyone's tried to do a Boomer Cup. It's just the first time in a long time anyone's decided to do the work that it takes to get these going. Uh, because essentially, you have to verify people's uh, identities. So he actually has people send in a photo with their ID next to it. Uh, obviously, you cover out your address and stuff like that. But you have to... Um, Take a, a sticky note, put your Discord on it, and then put put it on your photo ID and take a photo and submit it. No, That's tough. how you get the like verification role in the Discord. So very much manual, very much a lot of work, but it, it's super sick, dude. It's super sick. And yeah, I've been promoting it throughout the week on you know my live streams and you know using using our little bit of social reach. Um, us at Practice Server are definitely going to get behind supporting this. This is the first time we're bringing it up here on the podcast. If there is a boomer community out there, they probably live on this podcast. So uh, for my listeners in here, yeah, dudes, his name is Swearin on socials. It's called the Boomer Cup. Definitely, definitely check him out. If you do end up doing it, just let him know. You heard about it here, right? Like on the podcast. Um, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. And uh, there's there's a lot more to come. And us at Practice Server are definitely going to help, you know, elevate it and enhance the uh, the entire situation. So it's it's going to be a lot bigger than what it already is. This is just the beginning. And uh, he had thousands of people show up as far as applications go. Like, you know it's what I mean? Great. For some of the game modes. So really cool stuff. I, I agree. Um, and yeah, get in on the 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 lightning round. Um, do you think, DJ, do you think we'll see, I mean, like, we're still going to see pros jump in this, right? Because, I mean, they're still jumping in Cash Cup. Or, yeah, like, oh, for sure. The, the thing with I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the high score. I think there's there's a little bit of a, uh, could be some flaws in the high score format. You know, it's just like everybody's going to be W keying. Um, most games are going to be dead by the time like the first second circle comes around. Yeah, um, it's just I, I'm not sure. Picturing, I don't know how to picture how that all is going to unfold. I'm very curious to see how it is going to unfold, and I will watch. Um, but I'm, I'm from a player perspective, you know, competing, it's just hard. You don't, it's, I'm, I'm not really drawn towards that because I want to have the stack lobbies end game 50, 50, you know, give me some surge in there. That's where I see the competition, you know, and more people trying to reach that. But I think it's amazing, you know, cause like you said, 35 year olds, 30 year olds, I'm 27. I, I want to compete, you know, but I know I can't do it at the highest level. So being able to get access to to competing with people who are all in kind of similar skill gaps, it's 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 amazing because it's just going to push more people to want to compete more, and it's going to drive those people who are really good to actually step into the competitive scene. And I think that's what um, the competitive scene is lacking a little bit: is the older people who still have the skill, you know, to just put themselves out there and and get it done. So we'll and see I, would, I would I would love to see more support from fortnite on a ranking level like that's one mm, thing that the people yeah. genuinely want yep. it's like a proper rank system that doesn't exist within a game um had we had one of those like so right now it's what champions right is obviously the the top tier like yeah. could you imagine if like it was actually really really difficult to get to champions and then like the rank before that and before that yada yada and then they just did a cup that was just directed at one particular rank that actually was a reflection to the skill of the players in that area like that would be insane like if you kept your champions rank, you know, season after season rollover, but you had to like work through the tiers or whatever, like like a real ranking system. Yeah. Um, the game doesn't have it, so it makes so that we never really get to see those layers. That's 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 one of the big issues with Fortnite, but that's also one of the true reasons 
practice server and open scrims have been able to be successful and exist as a company, essentially, when we first started because we were filling that void, filling that need for competition and having a system in place. I want to so, ask you guys a question. Cool. And um, chat, feel free to answer this. If you're listening to this back, uh, come talk to us on Twitter about it. We'd love to hear your thoughts. But in your guys' opinion, you know, does an older person, so like as a 32-year-old, typically less skilled than a 17-year-old at Fortnite because of age? Like, meaning like, yo, just something happens to your brain and your fingers or maybe because you grinded COD young, you don't have the muscle memory. Like, Nick Merckx talks about that a lot. Like, he, he felt out of sorts in Fortnite the moment that building really hit like a, a peak level, right? And he grew up on Gears and Halo and COD. Is it age or is it stage of life, meaning that when you're 32, you don't have as much time to put into the game? What do y'all think? It, it, I, I, think ahead, I, think, I think it has to be stage because if you're willing to put in the time and you have the time, you know, you're picking up on these little things that these pros are doing. And, it's, and it's not rocket science, you know. If you can practice and you, like, practice makes perfect right here on the podcast, these things will come into fruition. I've seen it myself. I Like, within the past few seasons, you know, I've become more attached to the game, you know, by just watching the smaller things that pros do that many people don't even, you know, they may overlook or the normal viewer just, you know, doesn't critique as well as someone who's actually, you know, trying to take time to, to do the little things to get better at the game. So it's, it's a matter of having the time to do the little things, but you know, for some people, you know, age does play that factor, you know? So it's, 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 you gotta be passionate. You gotta be willing to put in the time, but also, um, you know, you gotta be able, you gotta be fit enough to, you know, still, <laughs> I don't know, I hold the controller and have here's, some sort here's of, here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think, I think as you get older, you have a shorter attention span as far as like what gives you that level of enthusiasm to want to like grind something, right? Or like work towards something, right? So I'll put, I'll, I'll put it in that perspective because whenever I was like mega, just enthusiastic and like in love with the game and the experience, I was excelling like beyond the, the norm, right? But the moment you lose that enthusiasm and that drive and hunger, that's when it all goes with it the skill and everything in between um so i think the younger people have that for longer hence they survive you know the test of time and they, they can compete at the highest levels because they get to push their personal limits and boundaries further that that's really what i think it comes down to i don't think mm. it's a oh because i'm old i'm not as fast and my reflexes aren't there yeah that's a small truth in that um but i think it's just more so like Bro, like, how much do you want it, like, up here? You know what I mean? And yeah. how how much do you genuinely enjoy that struggle? Yep. Like, I think I think the younger people can just stomach it for way longer. And they, they do, right? And time just moves differently for an old, older person versus a younger person. It's actually, um, like, a crazy week to, like, be talking about this because in traditional sports, we see two, two big examples of this. LeBron James, despite the Lakers having a really poor season overall, has been just putting together some insane games at the age of 37 and even like this week uh trending on twitter was he's 37 you know he put up in the last right. two weeks he's put up is two or three like 50 point games and as well as today on uh march 13th as we're recording this uh tom brady just announced that he's coming out of retirement 
He literally, his wow. tweet was so inspiring, bro. <laughs> I think he's 43, and he literally said, he said, um, I've realized my place in life is not with the fans in the stands. It's on the field with the players. I'll be finished. You know, and I'm like, but I, I think it speaks exactly what you're talking about, Monster, is even at 43, there's something in Tom Brady that goes, yo, I'm still built for this. I'm still obsessed with this. That's the thing. You got to have that level of obsession. Once, once you lose that, that that's when you know, your time's up and other people are going to step in and they're going to, you know, literally start to fill that, that hole, the void that you're leaving behind. Um, think of Keemstar as a great example of someone who's just lost passion for content creation. That's why he's going to retire eventually, right? Like this is like coming soon. Someone who's been doing this for over a decade, creating content, following the news, following the drama, but he's not in love with it anymore. He's trying to find people to fill this thing that he's built, right? So that his legacy lives on. But like, bro, once once it's gone, you just you just only oh so much longer you can you know continue to try to do it before it just becomes enough. Um, I think competition and competitive play is the same exact way. When I was competing, like when Fortnite first came out, I was up there with the best of the best because I was early, I was hungry, I was in love with the game, and I played to be the best with everyone else. Um, but I realized what was my passion, right? Like. Do I see myself being a competitive player? Absolutely not. I just stumbled across this. I just happen to be good enough to like play in these competitive games. So like I'm I'm hanging with the crowd. But like this is not what I want to do. So my first exit, commentating and stuff, I went went down that route. There's plenty of people that um kind of have to have that realization with themselves, right? And if you get it in time, kind of the way I did, you know, you can pivot out and, and make something of the situation. But a lot of people I think just just don't, right? And then you try to kind of live in this this fantasy or this world that's just not really true. If you want to be a pro player, dude, it takes a certain level of mentality. Like mm -hmm. you have to be not okay with losing, like ever. Right? Like you you gotta want to be number one. They're not trying to be number one. You're not gonna make it far as a competitor. Like period in my opinion. I'm seeing some great discussion in chat. Uh L2 Coop bring it up that uh sports games uh have a, a more viable way for people of all ages to you know lock in a, a pro a position potentially and people are talking about csgo uh apex even i would love to we should maybe do a tweet about this sometime in in the coming months like median age of like professionals in different titles i imagine like on some level it'd be surprising and some levels it you know it probably wouldn't be surprising you know fortnite's going to be young csgo is going to probably uh uh edge a little bit um older when i was at the uh, first halo in-person event man you did not see no teenagers there, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Well, like, well <laughs> let, let's talk about this for just a quick second. Just just to give a little bit of context about like, who's a young pro that's thriving versus an older pro that's thriving? Mm -hmm. And why are they thriving? And for different reasons. NA, right. the, the number one player I think about when I look at NA, Cease. Cease is a good example. Older player who even on this weekend's FNCS, in the content bits, he outright talks to the his weakness of like, dude, I'm not as good in box fighting or you know like these kind of situations like i know i'm just not better than most of these players and that's okay he knows his weaknesses he plays his strengths game sense knowledge where to be and how to play right, right? and like those things carry him throughout the games because fortnite in, in in particular is a game that it's so much more than just knowing how to fight and like shoot and win those 1v1s right because like strategy how many teams are amazing but don't get surged and don't properly route and don't play their drops correctly. And you know what I mean? They let the politics get to them and they want to just headbang other teams on drop. Like just stupid things like that. And they don't play the game the way you could play it like on a strategy level, right? Managing the micro. 
and they don't they don't have it nearly as much success. Whereas there are older players, and Cease is the perfect example of someone who, um, what was it in the last year of season? I think he got fifth, which is not bad, guys. Fifth amongst the thousands of uh, thousands and thousands, he gets all the way to finals. You still get a top five. It's a big bag you win, right? Like it's it's really not bad, and it's it's an exceptional uh, performance to to be able to pull through. And again, someone who's not like the the most mechanic, like mechanically gifted. You're looking at the Benjis, the Clixes. Like we we all know who these guys are, um, and it's clear with the right guidance and coaching, those guys go even further. Which we're gonna see, we're gonna see uh, this season. I think we're gonna see Clix this year play at a whole new level. He just paired up with one of the coaches in our scene, which coaching in Fortnite is like mm-hmm. grossly underrated. Grossly. Um, having someone in your corner to walk you through mistakes or like mentally reset you in real time or help you just pick up little things in the moment that you may have missed out on is huge. And yep. it's one of those, I feel great areas of Fortnite that they kind of address, but like not really. Like how do you, how do you police coaching? Right, like, do you stop it? Do you encourage it, or you just turn a blind eye to it? So far, we've kind of went the blind eye route. Like, it exists, we don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, that's yep. kind of where it's at. Any thoughts, Monster? Or I mean, DJ? I'm just, I'm just thinking like of, of Coop is another example. Man, one, you know, two back to back FNCSs, and he it took he, it was someone who who really grinded hard and 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 made his way for himself in 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 competitive you know and since then he hasn't been the most you know top tier player but man this fool grinds and he he grinds really hard and i think something that he's even said recently is that he's he's admitted that he hasn't put in um as much time into seeing the results that he would like to and i think that speaks a lot of volume for someone to come out and say you know uh you know i play this game i'm a professional um but the results aren't there and to be able to to not blame it on you know the meta or certain aspects of the game or new players but to sit back and say you know what i can come back and i need can i can put more work to prove to you that you know i, I i'm in those grand finals i've been there i can do this and um, from a controller's pr- perspective you know i think it's i'm i'm really excited to see where that goes uh this coming up season yeah in, in- i was Go going to say coop is here in the chat it's pretty cool yeah. Lo- love to see this I was I was gonna ask not to cut off your thought, Monster, but Coop, you even tweeted yesterday that you need a live coach who someone has experienced. Is that was that like something? And you can take time to answer, and as you do, Monster can uh, continue to talk. But I'm curious if that's like what well, we're talking about. Some of the things that like you're you're looking for when you're reaching out for a, a coach in that setting. Yeah, yeah. While while he kind of you know comes up with a response there, that that was what we were just talking about. Coincidentally, right? Like coaching and the whole. Um, benefit of having someone in your corner i think i think it's massive i think it's massive it's one of those spaces like i said we haven't really seen people explore too much of the few quote-unquote coaches that our space has had you know we account them like literally on my two hands right there's just no more than 10 in this space like period at least that are good and doing what they have to do um very few competitive players have gone that route as well even from a content perspective or just to try and help others uh, because like people just don't share that knowledge or don't really think to turn that in, into value, if you will. But there are tons of pros out there that can support other pros in, in those kind of positions. Um, and yeah, we, we see it. We see it regularly. But looks like Coop does have something to say here. So he says he doesn't think he needs a live coach. I think they're a huge benefit. Exactly. Having a second set of eyes on the space in the field is is big. 
Um, and then he goes on to say, like, having two people see a rotate could change your game. And he could easily miss a rotate, but a coach could pick it up. Exactly. Having those extra perspectives, those extra eyes, that extra intuitive, um, you know, feeling for what might come is, you know, things that you, you can't you can't say aren't beneficial because we've seen them be beneficial. Uh, especially time, in, time in, in the solos, especially in solos, you know. When you're the only one in the game and there's just so much that you have to, you know, you're paying your attention to, it's hard to, you know, pick, you know, the best rotate or, you know, the proper rotate even in that case because one little mistake, you know, not rotating the the right way or getting into the zone where you need to be, we we see it make a huge difference in in lobbies, but more specifically in grand final lobbies, you know, where well, it really one, counts. One thing I was going to talk about, and this is a, I guess a discussion we're going to have to continue to see play out, but this state of practice in NA versus where EU has been over this last year, um, I say the last eight or nine months or so, NA has gone downhill big time. Like they went from being the leaders in the space when it came down to innovation and play style season to season to now falling to the heels of EU. EU in the past was leading in terms of raw skill and mechanic because of the player population and size. Uh, naturally, you just have more and better players. But, you know, game sense and, you know, being able to learn from them wasn't quite there. That is no longer the case because the European scene has taken their practices very seriously over the last year. It's gone from being virtually non-existent to being the leaders in a space, whereas the NA space has literally not had a proper elite scrim system uh, for about the last year or so. And Coop is kind of talking to that in the in the chat as well. It's very sad to see because there, like, there was something so special about having the NA space lead the space for so long and for how many years. It's what helped the game grow to where it is. Yep. Um, and in watching that go downhill has allowed, obviously, for like more of these new kids to pop off and enter into the space and find their success. But it's also a large part of the reason why the scene doesn't necessarily welcome them, right? Because they have this certain like bar expectation like oh if it isn't day or you know whatever famous guy then who are these guys they don't deserve to be here when in all actuality they do deserve to be here the problem is the top tier pros on na aren't practicing anymore they literally are not earning their stripes the way they were in the past right because the practice isn't there so these new guys that are grinding creative all day and playing cash cubs regularly like they're the ones who's popping off in fncs now and you're seeing these so many new guys just making their first finals appearances. Yeah. Granted, when you make it to finals, there's a certain level of just finesse you need to put into the game. Like finals set lobbies is so different than regular play. Like very, very, very different. There's so many things that are just different from the way the game plays. But you got to give them the respect for making it that far. And a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And there's another parallel, you know, coaching and then EU versus NAs and a parallel to a, a very storied esports title. Uh, in League of Legends. And League of Legends, it's been, I mean, it, it, almost a reverse. EU has been on top um, traditionally. Now, uh, um, it, the, uh, you know, Korea's and China of the world are typically the winners uh, holistically in the League of Legends world. But in terms of the NA versus EU, there's like this rivalry. Um, and EU traditionally is just completely dominant. And I don't know what, what all to attribute that to. And I was, I loved that about Fortnite because it was one of the, I mean, the major title where NA was, was in the top tier of skill brackets. And it's not that it really matters. Like I'm not against anyone from EU, but you know, there's a little bit of like, you know, I'm like, come on NA, like some pride, some pride. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I hate to see it. 
even to the point where in league now, <laughs> the majority of NA teams, that, and this is a whole topic we could, we could cover in a different episode, but the majority of the NA teams in League of Legends are, are mostly non-NA players. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, not NA players. Literally Korean stacked rosters and like all these other kind of crazy rosters. It's insane. Uh, Mini Miner says, hey, yep. did you guys see that 24% of players on EU were playing their first grand finals? Crazy stuff. That's wild. Yeah, it's it's like I said, dude, there's there's a whole new wave of players. Um, At the start of this year, one of the earlier podcasts, we talked, I think, briefly on some of the influx in player population and player count. Three times as many competitors entered in to this FNCS wow. uh, season from at least from what we saw. We don't know how much of that was true Um, on the first weeks of like play-ins and stuff, I think, for like the cash cups and whatnot. So. There's there's a lot more people either one taking their first big stabs at the game or just you know what I mean maybe returning back to the space. So this next season, guys, it's it's like five or six days away. Like it, it's right yep. there. So and uh, know, who knows? We're 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 over the hour mark, you guys. So we want to leave you guys leaving more. And I know we didn't get to talk about grands that much, but you know we got a we got a um some Twitter content coming out about that. Monster, of course, anytime um, during a major uh, Fortnite event, he normally does a great job posting some like real-time clips. You can also check out our practice server TikTok and YouTube. Uh, that's actually one of the primary roles DJ plays in our organization is trying to bring some like really top moments um, in, in front of you. And um, you can check out the Fortnite podcast that Monster is on. And I am sure that they are breaking down grands um, in, in a more detailed uh, way. Um, and so we didn't want to leave y'all hanging on that, but I feel like this is kind of why we have this podcast is because we want to talk about things and uh, the same things in a fresh way, all the other things, but yeah, um, as always guys, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. Um, other than that, let's start getting some outros going in here. DJ, we give you the floor first one, man. Let the people at home know where they can find you, man. Man, before we do that real quick, I would love to say thank you. Thank you so much. L2 Coop for jumping in today and talking with us through the chat. Sure. super informational uh you know people are going to take that and and do what they will with it but for me to you my man i want to wish you the best of luck next season grind 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 i know it's all up here in the mental so just just do what you need to do uh keep that head up and grind grind my man for for the people at home djr love you can find me a new social we're gonna have to change it now Ooh. it's just djr love um so if you just type in at DJR Love, you'll be able to find the boy. So appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, this has been a really great week and uh, can't wait to get back home to my regular setup next week. Okay, okay. So Overlay is going to have to get updated. Uh, put that on the on the list of things to do. Uh, John Rush, let the uh, let the people know where they can find you, my boy. Hey, well, um, you know, I do some personal streaming uh, at twitch.tv forward slash John Rush. You can find me on Twitter at John W. Key Rush, J-O-N. Support the journey there. Um, but also, I'm just saying this, putting this, this energy out in the universe, you know, you're going to see me casting more and more major events. That's what I'm passionate about. You can call me uh, Young young Monster, even though we're the same age. Uh, <laughs> but this man's been putting me on, and uh, I, lo I love uh, that. But also, I wanted to say, like, I, I get the opportunity to run our practice server socials. We love when we get to interact with you guys and talk on there. And so make sure um, you guys, you, you can send me some DMs. You can tag us in content. You guys can create conversations in the comments. Um, we really want to see Practice Server be a, a prestigious place to to discuss uh, all things Fortnite, um, but also just like this podcast, to begin to expand it into a larger audience. It means a world to us when you guys interact on those social channels. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And shout out to Zert, who's in the chat. We're definitely working on a community Discord. Zert, I've been ignoring the fact that we're way overdue for like a meeting to like figure out the details and stuff there. Um, yeah, I don't feel mega pressed to, to knock it out. So yeah, sorry if I haven't been on the hustle as much as you'd like. But otherwise, guys, at Muscle Deface across all socials, I will see you guys soon. We're going to be dialing back the episodes so they're not dropping as frequently. I'll try to do one a, one a week, get back to that regular cadence. I think I was pumping a little too much to y'all. Uh, so we'll give you more time to listen, download, get through the full episode, and then move on to the next one in the weeks to come. But other than that, if I sound a little stuffy today, I'm sorry. I had a crawfish outing yesterday. Nose is definitely a little runny over here, but appreciate you guys staying with me. And uh, yeah, man, until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.